welcome everyone to the Circle of the Bay podcast episode 109. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back after a long weekend. Hope everybody enjoyed their 4th of July three-day weekend, but we're back. We're back in action, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is the host of Devious One I've see here with my other host, Mi Familia Los Compadres, my blood, mi sangre. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, because... I have the man with the 69 answers, the reasons, the thoughts, overall, everything, especially loving 69 because, you know, <laughs> he loves 69 because this guy is, he is professional wrestling, bigger than Hackenschmidt, bigger than Gotch, bigger than Fez, bigger than Flair, bigger than Hogan, bigger than Moxley, bigger than Keep everybody. going! I Keep going! Tonight. But we're gonna run out of air. Bigger than Ibushi. God, I love this. Bigger than Ibushi. And he's bigger than Ibushi, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. That is right, Mister Six Nine himself, Mister MGC Maddie Callis. And shout out to my boy Dan McCage, my HQ. Don't forget to subscribe to him Dan. as well. Uh, Maddie looking like a cardboard <laughs> cutout. Love it. Oh yes, just because it's blowing in the wind. Guess who's back? <laughs> That's right. Back again. Guess who's back? Bring a friend, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we have Miermano, our other host, with the most coming from coast to coast. Because hey. This man takes you back in time, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it, it's, it proves itself because he has that phenomenal DeLorean that all we all wish we could have. See you back in time <laughs> to the Attitude Era, to the ECW Era especially, and the WCW, the wrestling era. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You're gonna see some serious shit. And you do see some serious shit, ladies and gentlemen. Mike mm-hmm. De Niro, ladies and gentlemen. What's good, everybody? Wrestling Delorean Podcast is coming back this week. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but every Thursday, you're gonna catch me right here on the Circle of Debate. That is right. That is right. So let's get it on, ladies and gentlemen. Arnold, can you do us the favor? It's showtime. That's right. It is <laughs> showtime. It is showtime, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to go ahead and pretty much go ahead and uh, briefly recap. Well, see, go hold on. Let me see. Uh, There's uh-huh. a reason because she went back in time. To That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is yes, right. Yes, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and recap. Money in the bank very quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just two highlights we want to go ahead and talk about. I mean, I want to go ahead and shout out at least to, you know, the Street Profits and the Usos. They did put a fantastic match for mm-hmm. for the, you know, undisputed tag team titles. But they did a great – I saw that match. It was actually – it was great. Enjoyed it. But the one I did enjoy was, of course, finally about damn time, Liv Morgan – Finally cashes in and she wins the SmackDown Women's Championship away from Ronda Rousey after her match with Natalia. And man, I was happy. I, I think I went, I went ain't shit when that happened because mm-hmm. I was really, ah, uh, and I, I felt for her and then her winning that belt. I've, it was a little emotional because it was about damn time. Isn't that right, old man? Oh, yeah. Ah, there you go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Because I literally was dance. watching that movie the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm going to go ahead and pass it on 
Mr. De Niro, your thoughts on Liv Morgan finally winning and cashing in that same night and yeah. defeating Ronda Rousey? I can't be more proud of Liv Morgan. She's somebody who, not only a friend of the podcast, the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, the, we, we actually been in contact. Like, I want to get her on the show, but, you know, WWE management, it's, it's a whole, it's different when you try to get a WWE star on the show than when you get, like, independent stars. It's a lot more, like, chain of command you have to go through. But Liv Morgan, she's been putting in the work for a long time. She's been trying to get herself better for a long time, and she's been improving more and more every time I see her. So, she, you could tell like she's hungry. You could tell that she wants it, and it's good that they finally like rewarded her because right now I feel like she's one of like the top five hardest workers on the WWE roster just to improve her skills. So this is a long time coming. I'm really proud of her. Like when she debuted with um, NXT, and even when she debuted with the Riot Squad, she wasn't someone you necessarily saw as a world champion. And now, like you see the progression of her character. Her, her in-ring talent, and you could see that, yeah, you know what? She deserves it. So definitely couldn't be more proud. I thought that her being Rousey was a big statement, being that Ronda Rousey, top draw. She's, you know, MMA superstar, and you got someone like Liv Morgan beating her, which is only going to make her star power even bigger. So I think that was a really cool move for WWE to do that for her. Absolutely. And then just to add on that, too, she is the second female to actually pin Ronda Rousey clean. I yeah. mean, we are Becky was the first one, and now she's the second one. So I know people were, were like, what? That really happened. But like how you mentioned, it just, it's about her hard work pays off. And I'm glad someone like Rhonda, at least to let management know, hey, you know what? She needs to win the belt. For her to make that decision, I respect Rhonda a lot for that because, I mean, 100%. that's how you can tell that she really has faith in Liv and – we're hoping that it, it does last for quite some time in her title ring. But Matt Callis, what are your thoughts? I mean, you know Liv Morgan. You've seen her work. Are you happy? Liv Morgan, Billy Corgan playing organs in Oregon with Morgan. <laughs> Morgan. Morgan. Uh, that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's your thoughts. I got the rhymes, man. I'm back with the rhymes. You're back walk with the rhymes, with, right? Walk with Elias is back. Oh man, walk with Mr. Callis. That's right. Walk with he is. Let's walk with him, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, I mean, one thing I can say: Do you feel, De Niro, that they should keep the title on her for quite some time, or do you have a feeling she'll drop out of SummerSlam? Because it's all over the IWC, you know, community stating that she might drop it towards Ronda at SummerSlam and maybe short-lived, you know, her title ring, but. What are your thoughts? I mean, do you think she should keep it until until she'll drop it at SummerSlam, or do you expect her to have it longer than that? I, I do expect her to have her have a semi longer reign than just dropping at SummerSlam. I feel like she deserves to have at least a couple months. I don't foresee this being like a, a year long reign or anything, but I do see her maybe holding it for a couple months and then maybe dropping it to someone like Becky down the line. Absolutely, yeah, I I, I, I see that too, and I'm. That could happen. If it's not Ronda or SummerSlam, maybe it could be Liv Morgan. I mean, uh, Becky Lynch, how you mentioned. That could be the case. Maybe by – I hope they keep it for her to Survivor Series. And hopefully by then – At least, right? Yeah. At least to Survivor Series. Or give her the opportunity to champion versus champion. If it's Bianca versus her, I don't mind it either. I mean, something yeah. fresh, something new, new faces. And that can be the same women's champion every year at Survivor Series. So I'm for hoping sure. that does happen. And, 
and uh, Matt Callisey, and see Dan added tag teaming with Matt Morgan mm-hmm. instead of you know Morgan Free, you know Morgan Free, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt Morgan, all the Gorgon. Oh, from Bailey is coming back. I can see yeah. her dropping it. That could be too. But I'd rather see Bailey and Bianca though. I'd rather see that. I rather and I mean I would I really hope it's not a situation where like Becky Lynch came back last year and then beat uh Bianca in like a couple seconds. Like if Bailey comes back at SummerSlam and drops the well, if Liv drops the title to Bailey in like a couple seconds, I'm gonna be pissed. Bailey oh, should yeah. make like an evil inflatable arm man, like like a just a like like with angry faces, like oh no, <laughs> middle fingers, <laughs> yeah, like that <laughs> inflatable arm man. And of course, in the men's Money in the Bank, somebody was added as the eighth person, and when this individual was added, I mean, he won, and he was taking a nice selfie with it too. And there he is, Austin Theory is now. Mr. Money in the Bank. We all thought it was going to be Riddle. I think every betting odds, you can bet on this, you know, just to let you guys know, you guys can bet on this, you know, for sure. But um, the whole world was not happy. I know it, even this guy, even even this guy right here, what does it see? Oh, yeah. Hey, yo, what the fuck? Damn. Yes, I know. But I, this is what I have to say about it. Nobody cares. Nobody. I had to do that. I had to do it. I mean, I, I, I ain't wrong. I, 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 right, exactly. So, I mean, the floor is yours, and it'll give us your thoughts. Theory winning the money in the bank. I mean, I might get hate for this, but I don't know why Austin Theory gets so much hate. Like, I think that Theory's talented, and I do think that he's the future of the WWE. He's a, you know, I mean, he's a great wrestler. He definitely proved himself on the Indies. He was Evolve champion for like a fucking year, right? Yeah. The guy has put on bangers. He he elevated guys like Pat McAfee to one of the matches that we're talking about coming out of WrestleMania. Uh, a WrestleMania that had Stone Cold's in-ring return, Cody Rhodes' debut. A lot of people talk about Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Do you think that's all because of Pat McAfee? As much as I love McAfee, it's like you have to give Austin Theory his, his just due. I know that right now he's like the shiny toy, so right now a lot of people are like, oh, he's getting shoved down our throats. But... I mean, in wrestling history, how do you give someone a proper push without constantly showcasing them on TV? I see people say, oh, well, he's getting pushed down our throats. That's how you create stars. WWE has not created any stars in the last, like, three, four years. So I'm not going to fault them for trying to create a star out of Austin Theory. So Agreed. I'm okay with this. Agreed. Agreed. I, I can't disagree more. I mean, like I can't. There's no disagreement. Matt Callis. You know, my theory about Austin Theory is that there is no theory. Hmm. That's my theory. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh man. I, I, think, I think you could do it if, if, if – I think you could do it, you know, if you, if you believe in him. You know, if you build it, they will come. So you just have to believe in him, you know, and then he'll magically appear in front of you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to manifest – He's gonna manifest, man. Austin, right. the theory of Austin theory. Wow. <laughs> I feel the <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> but I just the way I feel about this is one, get your major stars are injured. 
Two, most of them are, are part-timers now because you gave them that luxury to get in, like your tribal chief. So, and you couldn't rely on Riddle, which I question why. You're giving him this push, but I'm very curious of why they didn't decide to head with that direction with Matt Riddle. Well, Riddle, excuse me, now that he's only known as Riddle. That's where I question it. I think if Cody was not been hurt, Everything would have been a different story. I think Cody would have won it, and then we would have seen Cody cashing it. Now I personally that, think know, that uh, Seth Rollins would have won it. Oh, I, that thought, too. I thought Seth Rollins was going to win. The way I saw it playing out was Seth Rollins wins the Money in the Bank, cashes in on Roman after Roman versus Brock at SummerSlam, becomes champion. Cody comes back, wins the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. We have Seth versus Cody one more time for the title. Like I thought that's how it was going to play out, but I was like, oh, this is obvious, but no, no, I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think all of us were too because it's just that yeah. we did not expect that. And to see, nobody knew who was the last person that was supposed to be the entrant. Uh, yeah. And then, actually, no, I take that back. It was supposed to be, uh, that's when they added uh, on SmackDown, they added Matt Cobb Moss. And then uh, then they just added Theory on just the number eight person. So, like I said, kudos to him. How you mentioned you want to build up a star. Everybody's complaining about, hey, Time for you know for Vince to build up some stars. There you go. He is now building up a star. People that I know the fans do not like, but you have to give credit where credit's due. Theory is doing a great job, and for he's sure. pissing people off. And that is that's the nature of the business. You have to get your you know piss your audiences mm-hmm. off and have them give them a reason to come sit down and watch the show to come see you. Either get your ass whooped. That's how there's, it's supposed to be. There's so many cool heels where people could chant and cheer for the heels that now when you have a heel where people actually hate them it gets like misconstrued like oh well this guy's not good or this guy's well no a heel's job is to make you hate them and Austin Theory does a good job making people hate him so he's doing his job yeah absolutely and you know oh we live baby Kofi yes we are live Dirty Heels podcast was good that's right shout out to Dirty Heels podcast make sure you subscribe and follow Dirty Heels ladies and gentlemen and of course Today marks a special day, ladies and gentlemen, that revolutionizes sport in professional wrestling. And I will show why, because this happened on July 7, 1996. It changed the whole world. And that is, of course, the NWO was formed. That is right. So that's when the the NWO was formed. Now, the biggest question I wanted to ask all of you, both of you gentlemen here, is... I mean, we see Hulk Hogan, Hogan's Hall, and Nash forms the NWO. But did the NWO did really revolutionize the business? So I'll take it either, Nerf. I think that it played a part in it. It definitely made things reality-based. Uh, even the small details, like wrestlers using their real names instead of using gimmick names. It wasn't Razor Ramon and Diesel in WCW. It was Scott Hall. It was Kevin Nash. People were using their real names. It was more realistic. They um, brought like an edgier feeling to the Southern wrestling of WCW where it felt like this was like a gang mentality. And I think that it did play a part in it. I don't think it fully revolutionized the business because I think that 100% ECW played a bigger role in revolutionizing the business than NWO. Because all that realistic shit was going down in Philly way before NWO even was formed. Oh, that's right. That is right. Good. I love it. That's right. I do love it. That's right. Mr. Callis, what are you, what are your thoughts? 
I got a I got a vocabulary work, word of the week for everybody. The magic word of Pee Wee Herman. And this word is satiated. Satiated. So when you get satiated, it means you've had too much of a certain thing. And I think you'd want to eat something else or, or drink something else after you've been satiated with, you know, drinking or eating too much of this one thing. Now, here's how this applies to this. Hulk Hogan was a good guy all the way from, I guess he was a bad guy for a little bit when he started a heel, when he started. And then he, how many years was that? Almost the entire eighties. And then the, almost the whole chunk of the early, the early nineties up until 95. That's, I think that's almost like 15 years, almost even, if, even if you, um, yeah, even if you count, the 70s as well so it was such a long time of hulk hogan being a good guy that he could already tell the crowd was kind of getting sick of him as a good guy so the crowd was satiated with babyface hogan so him turning heel not only was it the right time i don't i think people it's not that you wanted it but it's it was kind of like superman becoming bad guy and then i think the moment I think to they could have made it a little bit better. They did have this going on. They did have Roddy Piper versus Hogan, NWO Hogan. I think if they really pushed Piper more around that time, they really, really could have taken it up more, made him. Because it would have been like the ultimate uh, Lex Luthor being the good guy and Superman being the bad guy. You know, mm. that would have been, yeah. you know, so perfect. You know, and with that being said, they have the whole manuscript of Hulk Hogan's speech. Yeah, run DMC. <laughs> I like that though. I you Cole, Cole got a good point there. Like, he's like the, the That's run a good D- point. Yeah, it's a good point. Good, hey, good call, Kofi. I'm with you on that. It's an analogy. Walk this way. Walk <laughs> this way. Like you just had to. <laughs> you had to add Aerosmith. Did you? <laughs> yeah, man. What, I wonder who's the Aerosmith then. Ric Flair. I do feel like in hindsight though, people don't really look at NWO as much of a positive as I think they should just because you, we know that like it got oversaturated and ran its course and it was like, Satiated it went on ex- exactly. Yeah. And it went on and on and on. And by the end of it, people were so sick of it. It was like, people forget how cool it was in the beginning. Absolutely. I, I agree. Cause it was cool because your childhood hero, the, we all grew up turning, you know, turning heel or, you know, the, nobody expected it. I think none of us did. I mean, and, uh, it did. I, I feel that it turned a lot of you know heads around. Like, what is going on? And it did caught attention to the product, and it did kind of, you know, kind of pushed away a little bit of the how you know how Matt mentioned and you mentioned to the nerd like that good and evil, that cartoonish. Hey, like your Lex, think, you know, your that, Joker and Batman, Lex Luthor, you yeah. know, Luther and Superman. Yeah. It 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 kind of it made it made but. It made us to start beginning loving heels. I, I can maybe you, you know, could say that, but also how you mentioned ECW as well was the pioneer of that because that was the the pinnacle and the pioneer of the Attitude Era before even WCW and WWF at the time before sure. they no. began to do it because they ECW did not have the TV platform to expose it. So, but it was yeah. known it within the territory. So, I mean, for sure, this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was this the first time in wrestling history that like the heel, like a faction had a uniform that they were known for? Because that that 
black and white shirt with the le- with the three letters on it was kind of like the main, you know, calling card. Iconic, it. Yeah. It, yeah, as a brand, as a you know, there there are people who don't even watch wrestling that that I've seen wear NWO shirts. <laughs> Once again, the Kardashians. I, think I was gonna say, then one of the Kardashians do it. Like they were wearing the Wolfpack shirt. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah, NWO as a group fucked up is. Here, here's up. a fun historical fact: uh, Austin three sixteen was, I guess, three or four months, or I think it was like spring at King of the Ring, and then NWO was like the summertime, like July. So it was actually yeah. Austin three sixteen because of the way we think because Hulk Hogan's in it. We thought NWO was before, but it was actually like a few months after. So people are really surprised at that timeline, you know. Yeah. It's and funny, the, the like I, I'm them currently like in that like little sector right now for the wrestling DeLorean going through that. Like when I do the WWE versus WCW shows, so it's like this is kind of like I'm doing the wrestling DeLorean right now. We're like in that time period right now. It's pretty cool. Oh man, we got to do it, man. This is yeah, the tie-in right here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we got to definitely do it. That yeah, for, for sure. sure. Y'all gotta come on and watch some old school shit with me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I will be down. And you know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is time because now it's time to move on to one of the, oh, it's shocking shows that happened 24 hours ago. And that is Dynamite. That is right. Dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get into AEW Dynamite as we're going to go ahead and recap of what happened 24 hours ago. And... A lot of okay shit, but there was a lot of like what the fuck moments. I'll tell you that. But let's get into the opening of AEW, and that is of course the TNT Championship, Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky. And I know he lives. If you're watching this, I know you were happy because this happened, and your new TNT Champion Wardlow defeating Scorpio Sky. In this street fight, it wasn't called, but it wasn't much of a street fight. It was just more of a brawl with the American top team. And, of course, Scorpio Sky getting dominated. And no pun intended, Farouk, but, I mean, literally getting dominated. But, Jesus, I, I did not expect that. But I'll take it to you, De Niro. Your thoughts about the opening match and Wardlow becoming the TNT champion. I think it's the right thing to do. Wardlow right now is the hot, you know, commodity in AEW. And you got to strike when the iron's hot. So putting the title on him is good. I think he could have really ruined his momentum if he lost his matchup in any way, even if it wasn't a clean finish. If he lost his matchup to Scorpio Sky, I think it would have really, like, staggered him. So I think that they, they made the right decision. I personally think that it should have been more domination. Like, if you really want to build Wardlow, have him just rip through Scorpio Sky and all of AT&T. Well, AT&T, ACT, American Top Team, instead of having it go through the commercial break and do picture in picture, like, I don't know, like, there's times where they really want you to believe that Wardlow is the second coming of Goldberg and is just going to destroy everybody, but then you see him have these, like, longer matches, and then they want to make it seem like, oh, well, he was completely dominant. It's not the case. Like, he was also playing defense a lot against Scorpio Sky as well, so I think that if you really want to build him up as a monster, let him be a monster and let him just go in and destroy. Mm. ATTB team, Matt Callis. No, I gotta say, for Scorpio Sky, you know, 
he had a he had a good heel run, you know. Uh, Wardlow, this is really it. Really reminds me. I, I've said it before. History doesn't repeat itself; it rhymes. You know, rather than Goldberg, I think because he's a baby face and a very you know and a very like he's got he could talk. He's got promo abilities. I kind of compare this like anytime I think about like the secondary title new babyface run, I always think about Edge because that's kind of like what I grew up with. You know, Edge with his Intercontinental title run and then being like number number two to The Rock. So, you know, it will be kind of interesting what they do with this later on down the line. Maybe Wardlow and Adam Page tag team and or some sort of like, you know, big brother, little brother type of thing. There's all, so many different things you could do when you're a babyface. It just depends on you, if you know what to do with the ball once you're given the ball and you could run with it. You don't want to you don't want to turn into Roman Reigns or Lex, Lu, Lex Luger. You really got to keep it fresh and keep it interesting. You know, you don't want to be like too white meat. You know, you don't want me to like if, if Wardlow is reading to the kids next week as a baby face, then because like they had they had Kenny Omega reading to the kids jokingly because I was, you know, that was funny. You know, it's be, you know, heel, whatever. But if they have Wardlow reading books to the kids next week, then then they've sent it down the toilet. Then, <laughs> they got to really they got to keep them cool. They got to keep them fun and interesting, you know, whatever any way they could do it, you know, whatever. Any way they could do it, not too cheesy, not too childrensy. You know, this one's lactose intolerant, not too much cheese, guys. You know, mm. let's keep this dairy free. Let's oh man, it. yes, dairy let's free. Take our lactate, guys. Take it. Take your lactate. <laughs> take your, take your milk. wrestling. Your wrestling lactate. His almond milk. <laughs> That's right. It's right. <laughs> almond milk. I when I saw this happening, and of course it was bound to happen. But I already thought for Scorpio. I already was feeling because I was damn it, Scorpio. Right? Okay. Like I said, we're not AEW marks. Just to let everybody know who our viewers and subscribe, everybody who's watching, we're professional yeah. wrestling fans that love 100%. professional wrestling. Overall, we criticize everything of what we see. We give our opinions about it. Mm -hmm. This here to me. What got me upset is then what was the point to have Scorpio Sky lose it to Sammy Guevara in the first place? Why not make his title ring a little bit more relevant when him just winning it one time, keeping it there for a little bit longer instead of being a two-time, but these two times being short? That's what I'm upset about is they should have given Scorpio that opportunity. Did not make any sense to give it to Sammy, in my opinion. At all. It did not make any sense at all. But, you know, the things they're saying about, you know, Scorpio is kind of injured, so he didn't really can't do much. So if that comes into factor, then not understanding. But they should have allowed Scorpio to have the one title ring, but had it long instead of losing it to Sammy, then winning it back. That's the only thing I digress about because it it, it looks bad. It, and not only that, it makes the TNT looks bad. I mean, we already we, we spoke about you know spoke about it before about the TNT being passed around. You know, it just it's this title hasn't been relevant since Miro. Exactly, I, exactly, exactly. If, yes, I did feel for my Cali brother, man, because yes, you know, he's Cali man. 
You gotta reach for the sky. I do miss that old team. I gotta say the the all elite title isn't doing that title any favors. They really I think what another thing they gotta do is kind of put specific specifications onto each belt because they're just kind of just regular singles titles. They don't have like X Division has its X Division matches, Stardom has the high speed championship. They gotta have the TNT title and the all the all Atlantic championship. I guess means something, you know. There's only what it's theorized, but they need it set in stone what the rules are to get this championship. Like you have to do this thing to get this championship. You have to be this kind of wrestler, you know. The pure title, that's a they, the, that title has very specific rules behind it. Yeah. So you know, the, with all Atlantic Championship, okay, they're defending it in Europe, but is it written there in the rules that it can only be exchanged in Europe? That's not in the rules yet. So they right. gotta they gotta really set it apart. And that yeah. really I gotta say that really hurt it, you know. And you got the you got the Ring of Honor TV title too. But once that Ring of Honor show comes, maybe we'll only see it on that show. So Yeah. Yeah. Man. At Rev Pro against Shota Umino. Yep. That's yeah. gonna be a banger. Oh yeah. 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 I'm excited that. for that. Yeah. I'm excited. Definitely for that watch too. that match. I definitely you know I mean? feel like Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, thank you. I definitely feel like AEW knew that they were, like, you know, diminishing the legacy of the TNT Championship. Especially, they, they want to make the TNT Champion feel like it's a major belt. Especially because that was Brody Lee's last belt before he passed away. So, they always, you know, want to make that title seem like it's special. But the last couple reigns with Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky really diminished the, I guess, the status of that title. So, I really hope that putting it on Wardlow now have him just like go on a tear and really, you know, elevate the championship. I hope that, you know, the TNT title could be back on like, you know, the upper echelon where it's main eventing shows like it used to be. Yeah, I totally, I, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent on that because I would love to see that to have, I now won't, I hope that they give Warlow challenges or I, like I said, how if you recall how Cody did it when he did an open challenge. Yeah. I don't mind Warlow doing that. Fuck it. Let him have it. Let him do that. That'll be every really good week, for every week. It's it's it adds value to the championship. And I think I remember somebody said it's not the belt or the person holding it, it's the people who challenge for it that give mm-hmm. it its value. You know, if it's yeah. just kind of kept in a small rivalries all the time, if there's always like a lot of different people that want it, then you know that really just goes to show it's the it's in psychology, that's called the rule of pre-selection, is what mm. it's called. Yeah, you're attracted to something that other people want, and mm. that that works. That the and there is no exception in this case at all. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I we'll, we'll have to wait to see what's going to be the next step. If Scorpio is hurt, so you know, hopefully he's speedy recovery. Um, but it just. You know, everybody questions what's going to happen with now if he's to say he's out, you know, then what's going to happen with America Top Team, Ethan Page? Is this going to be a split? Or are we going to see what we mentioned a while back, the what if moment? If what about, you know, Scorpio turns face and Ethan turns on him? I mean, there's a lot of possible, you know, endless possibilities that you can go with, you know, with that storyline. But, you know, the only thing I, I just, it's the you know, unfortunate just that for Scorpio's title ring as the TNT. And I'm hoping that Warlord makes, they mentioned the Nero, makes that title relevant again. 
and make it be at some main event level. So I'm hoping yeah. that does happen. I feel like Scorpio Sky's title reign, the second title reign at least, was doomed to begin with because when he beat Sammy Guevara again in that ladder match, he got a babyface pop. And it seemed like we were going to have a babyface Scorpio Sky. And then you had the whole interaction with uh, Ricky Kazarian. It's like, all right, Scorpio is going to be babyface. Ethan Page is going to be healed. They're going to be feuding for the title. And then no more than a week later, he's still a heel when you had the opportunity when the fans were behind him to make him a top babyface champion. And then you didn't like pull the trigger. That's what kind of like ruined the whole title reign. I feel because after that, it's like, all right, you don't know what to do with this guy. The fans want to see him as a face. They just went crazy for him to win the title, and then it's like you're supposed to hate him afterwards. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I just don't get it either. I'm with you on that. But congratulations, Warlow, becoming the TNT definitely. champion, and hopefully, you know, we'll see down the line. I know Hill is. I shout out to you, Hill is. So I want to. I need to get you here on the show to hear your interaction, your thoughts of, of course, your man, your Vato winning the belt. Let's see. Now the moment of truth for the second one because this one hit a home run. So, I mean, I it, I couldn't believe it myself either. I just couldn't believe what we saw. and But, I, you know, obviously we did see Christian Cage coming out with – you know, Luchasaurus, and of course, Matt Hardy coming out of nowhere telling Christian, hey, I, you know, why are you using Luchasaurus? And why talk bad about Lucha, Jungle Boy's family? You know, he's my friend. You, you know, you shouldn't be, you're using him. You're using uh, Luchasaurus, taking all his money. And, and I'll, let, I'll let it speak first. You're starting to make your brother sound like the sober one. Jesus Christ. Damn. He's killed, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to Captain Insano. That's right. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Captain Insano. Oh, man. Jesus. Hell yeah. Yeah, right, right, old man. All right. But I cannot believe Christian went that far with his promo. Man, right now, this is the hottest Christian Cage we haven't seen since the TNA days when he went to TNA. And I'm not talking about when he was a face. I was talking about when he turned heel when he brought mm-hmm. in Tom Cole. People forgot about that. Christian Coalition days. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Love it. Yes. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that Christian Cage. Like I said, as much as other, the IWC community bashes this man, but this man teaches his talent. We make movies. How to make movies, because that's what he does. You know, shit. Take something dramatic and de- create it into fruition, become making it real, making it real life drama. And that's what this man, as much as the world hates him, but you gotta love him. He brought us this good shit, and we see the knowledge and how it developed by on its own and creating these type of storylines and having the crowd like, oh, even hearing Tony Schiavone, somebody cut the mic off. Somebody, fuck. It just it did not expect that. But, man, De Niro, your thoughts about this promo, this segment, and what do you see now with your with this involvement out with Matt Hardy involved? Are we going to see – are we going to see this guy coming now? Wonderful. Are we going to see that? <laughs> Well, well, I'll tell you what, Luchasaurus definitely broke him because he put him through that table. It was nasty. 
And also that that big boot where uh, Matt Hardy's head was on the ring post, that was also nasty. But I, I'm glad you said what you said about Vince McMahon because I don't know, like I I know this is probably gonna get some hate, but with the exception of maybe MJF, when you have these former WWE wrestlers come to AEW, they have probably the most intriguing promos and stories because they know how to command the crowd. Where a lot of other guys come from like the independents, they come from other like promotions where you didn't necessarily have like a perfectionist as the guy who's telling you what to do. So like you got a little bit more free range where the WWE, the WWE alumni that come to AEW, they have that, you know, commanding the crowd because that's what WWE is all about. They are not about, you know, wrestling. It's about sports entertainment. It's about the storylines more than it is about the in-ring action. So I like that you have that element coming to AEW as well. Um, Christian Cage is just a savage. <laughs> the man has been just dropping venom. And I, I love it because it's like, you got to tune in just to see what he's going to say next. And yeah, I, I think that this was a home run, like you said. Um, with the involvement of Matt Hardy, I don't know how far they go with this. I think that this was just another way to like really build up Luchasaurus more. Um yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think that Luchasaurus is looking like a real big monster heel. I still think they should change the name, though, because Luchasaurus sounds like a little kid babyface name. <laughs> I mean, yeah. has, I mean, what would you name him? Like, that's the biggest question. Like, what would you <laughs> give Luchasaurus Tyrannosaur, name? Or like Tyran, like Ty- Darth, Ty- like like uh. uh like Count Dooku's real name is Lord Tyrannus, or his Sith name is Lord Tyrannus. So it could be like, like tyrannical, tyrannical dinosaur, Tyrannus, <laughs> Dark Tyrannus. You know, all I know Rex. is Luchasaurus. The name Luchasaurus screams babyface. Like I had no problem with it when he was a babyface, but as his dark heel, Luchasaurus doesn't sound like a heel. Hey, I mean, you know what? Mask off. Mask off. Mm. I don't know. Right now, he's, know. you know, Kane Jr. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, song, I'll... yo, if you haven't noticed, like, that song, his new entrance theme is 100% a ripoff class Kane but with the fire he's and uh, this. intro, right? <laughs> In the middle of the ring. No, um, I, I'll say this about Christian's promo is that very little should be sacred when it comes to uh, wrestling p- promos. Very little. There's very little that should be sacred. Like, yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there should be promos like I want to eat your whole family alive or whatever, or you know, wood Shout something involving Tyson. Yeah, wood right. chippers and all that stuff. There you go. Eat his children. There's a lot everything. There's no no nothing sacred. If if you ain't if you're being too safe, I think you're not you ain't doing the job, you know, just like ah, I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> I'm like, come on, yeah. man. Like like I was so sad when I heard the Sucker and Succotash promo and Roman Reigns. I was like, what is this? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Why would you <laughs> do, do that? that? Why would you do that? So I'm happy that the, that there's promos like this. You know, these yeah. this is what I'm here for. You know, we're we're seeing that there's head. nothing sacred because yeah. even in the WWE, <laughs> right? You have um, yeah. you have Seth Rollins talking about Dusty Rhodes to Cody Rhodes. And I remember in an interview, Cody Rhodes said that the one no-no is don't ever use my dad's name in your promo just to build on a story. And now Seth Rollins is like, fuck it. He's dressing up like Dusty and doing all that other shit. So it's like, 
I think that right now is like a time period where it's like this is the savage era because nobody's holding any bars. I agree. It's like they're not holding back. They're just letting it rip as it's going. Mm-hmm. And oh, I just cannot believe it. I cannot. I, I didn't expect that from Christian to say that. I did not expect that. Man, he kept going, going, too. He referenced Jeff like numerous times. Oh, yeah. He, he kept did. on going. Yeah. <laughs> It's like just in case if you didn't notice, I'm still talking about your brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta give it a Christian Cage, man. I have to give it to him. I'm savage move, but hey, you know what? He's making it happen. So I, I can't be mad at him about that. And uh Jesus, I just there's nothing to be mad about that. But and then of course we did get uh now let's we did get the Keith Lee Swerve Strickland versus the Butcher and the Blade. And, of course, we did see the outcome, of course, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Uh, you know, they won the match. And then the aftermath, we did see Hobbs and Storm and Starks coming out. But then someone else came out. Super Kick Party. They came out, and they, they ended up challenging both of them to the Triple Threat you know, Tag Team Championship match. Uh, Mr. Seltzer's favorite boys because he gives them five stars even when they come out, even when they're taking the shit or even taking a bath. He gives them the whole five that's star. A five because, star shower. That's a five star shower right there. <laughs> because yes, that's right. He he, he will and and I, I know I know. Fuck, fuck that piece of shit. But I just wanted to say that. But here's one thing I want to digress very briefly about this segment. So. Overall, the match was great. One thing is that I was, I was like, oh, that little botch of Strickland's head towards the ring apron, that looked bad. I it, That's kind of scary yeah. for a moment. I cringed a little bit because I was like, oh, shit. Oh. Uh, but the match was solid. And, you know, shout out to the Butcher, man. He's looking in fantastic shape. And I'm glad that, you know, he changed his diet. You got to pass the damn recipe over here, man. I got to tell my wife to give me some lean shit. I'm tired of him. You know, I'm tired of it. <laughs> trying to lose some weight here. Summer body right here. For stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> but this this segment after when the Young Bucks come out, when they came out, one thing that I caught that I analyzed and, and I paid attention to. Okay, the whole, I do like that, you know, triple or nothing, that's fine. But towards the ending, tell me why you're playing Keysley's song and not the Young Bucks. They were the ones that should make the challenge. You know, why did that happen? It doesn't, for me, it doesn't make any sense that whoever's in production's in charge, which I'm pretty sure it was you, TK. I know it was you, so I mean, don't bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. No, it's not bullshit. I know it was you. So hit the music. But no, you decided to hit the wrong music. You hit Keith Lee's music. It doesn't make any sense to me. He's daydreaming uh, about Keith Lee. He's like, yep, I'm limitless. Yes. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, man, I enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to seeing Fighter Fest next week. I'll see how this, you know, this match will be the outcome of it. And I li- did love the crowd was shouting, FTR. I was going to mention like, it. Teasing it is just like, oh, yes, we want to see it again. Yes, we want to see it one more time. But, man. Well, I'll take it to you, De Niro. The thoughts about the match and the aftermath. I thought the match was good. These teams did uh, match up pretty well with the one big man, one small man on each side. Um, you know, you got 
a big guy in the butcher. The butcher is a big guy, and he was totally eclipsed by Keith Lee. And that that was like a sight to see because usually when you have the butcher in the match, he's the biggest guy in the match. So to have you know him like lose size to Keith Lee, it was pretty insane to see. But I think that everyone did a good job. Um, I'm definitely excited for the triple or nothing match. I think that that's going to be a banger. Um, first time we see the Young Bucks interact with guys like Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, which is going to be really cool. Um, I think that it says a lot, though, when you have stars like Swerve Strickland, Keith Lee, you have up-and-comers that people are really behind, like Starks and Hobbs, and then you got the Young Bucks, who is probably like this generation's number one or two tag teams, and the whole crowd is chanting for FTR. That tells you that right now FTR is the top tag team in the business. And yeah, the Young Bucks may hold the AEW titles, but to be honest, I don't think it's for long because I think that it's only a matter of time we get that third match between FTR and the Young Bucks and FTR holds all the gold because right now they're the hot hand. But as for the triple threat next week, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I think it's going to be a really good matchup. Mm, indeed. Love it. Yes, I love it. Matt Callis. You know, I kind of like the no-sells from Keith Lee. I like the unmovable uh, type of wrestler. I like that that adds something different so you just don't get the same hit the ropes, drop down, hit the ropes, drop down, flip over, push you, push me. You know, if you got one unpushable guy, it keeps it interesting. So, I mean, just to see the Young Bucks try to do what they – like Sting already no-sold their, their super kick party. Let's see how even more no-sell it's going to be down the line. When like Keith Lee, just like they hit Keith Lee, and it's just gonna be—he's just gonna turn his head and smile, just like, <laughs> like really. I can see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> he's just—it's just gonna be like it's gonna sound like this, like, like a little snap, and then he's gonna be like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> he's gonna make the or he's gonna make this face though. <laughs> it's like blue steel. He's got like the blue. Sp- the blue steel look from Zoolander Keith Lee has, you know, that, that like, I'm so sexy. I'm too sexy for my shirt. You know, <laughs> that, that face. Indeed. Indeed. And of course, now that that occurred, we did get this little small segment. And I think we had, I didn't mention the other one earlier, but of course we did get the, the Claudio Castelloni and Jack Hager. I know Hager, Jesus, man, <laughs> you were given the greatest platform in WWE. You were a former heavyweight champion, and you cannot work on your mic still to this day. Like, he's he can be hard. It's almost like hard. Like, okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that match. I'm all happy with that. But this one... This needs to end, and I'm talking about the Kingston and Jericho, the segment we did see, of course, Jericho and, you know, Eddie coming out, calling out Jericho. Then we see Jericho uh, telling Eddie, look, and then we see Ruby Soho. Her hand gets slammed by Tay Conti. So I know that's already a storyline there with Ruby Soho and Tay, which I don't mind that. But the one thing is, is this, Matt, this this segment here, this these two individuals, should it end by all out at a last as like either a last man standing, I quit or should it end before this? So uh, I'll take it away, take it away for you, you know, take it away about the 
segment and should this storyline end already between Jericho and Kingston? Um, I think the storyline should have ended last week. Blood and Guts should be a blow-off match. Blood and Guts should not be another chapter in the story. They did that last year, too. If you remember the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle, I believe the first match that they had five-on-five five was Blood and Guts. It's like, no, that, that should be the blow-off. That's a fucking War Games match. Like, that should not be the first matchup. That led to Stadium Stampede. It was like, come on. Stadium Stampede should have been the first time you guys touch and then, then blow it off with uh the Blood and Guts. So I, I was kind of confused. I thought that... Something I was interested in seeing was, all right, what's next with the Jericho Appreciation Society? What's Eddie Kingston going to be doing this week? And it's like, all right, we're back to the same old shit. I think that they should have blew this off. I think that they're giving a lot of emphasis on Eddie Kingston wanting Jericho's blood. So I could see at All Out maybe a first blood match between Kingston and Jericho. But, I mean, yeah, I'm not too interested at this point. I feel like at this point, you're just going to continue something that should have been done. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree. Matt Callis. I got three things. Three things about this segment. So, Eddie Kingston, you know, he already challenged some people from Noah, and I'm kind of hoping that comes to fruition. Jericho needs to have his match with Minoru Suzuki, that one dream match, one-on-one with Minoru Suzuki. And after that, he could go do a few acting films, maybe take a take a break for a little bit. All right, with that being said, Ruby Soho, that little be- thing with the car. Did you guys notice this? She put her hand in she the did, door. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't like, like her hand was away from the door, and then she put her hand in the door. <laughs> She's like, like she- you couldn't move away? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you, you, you can't, you can't gonna... tell what someone's trying to do here with a door open and trying to hold you there. Like, like okay, she, I'll do she it. knew they were going to close her hand on the door. It's like, oh shit, my hand's not there. I should put my hand there now. It's time for it to happen. <laughs> like, like this is my non AW mark moment. Like, why? Like, you should have tried to get away or they should have grabbed her and then put her arm in the door or something like that, forced her. But no, she puts her arm there. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know. Someone couldn't hold her there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right? You got it five on. on one. But also, I, I wanted to say, I think that Tony Schiavone was genuinely pissed, right? You had Eddie Kingston say, be a professional, hold the mic up. And you could see, like, they had to take the camera off of Tony Schiavone's face. Because the whole time after that, like, he was, like, talking under his breath. Like, he was, like, pissed off that Eddie Kingston said that. <laughs> What's going on, Frank? Jump on, jump on the ring. What's Make good? sure you subscribe to Jump on the Ring podcast. Was well, man. Eddie reminded yeah. me of Roddy Piper in the interview because it's like, oh yeah, see, I could get along with people. that. That was a Piper yeah. old school shit. I agree with that. I agree. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this should have ended. I, I, I just. I don't know what else should they do. Last man standing. I don't care. Do something. Get this away from Eddie already and Jericho and this band. Be gone. We need something new, something fresh. I thought we were going to go with Eddie versus Claudio. That's what it looked like last year. It it looked like, like, yeah. Agree. It looks like it's not. Yeah, there was no touch rule between both stables. So take it right. That is very true. Absolutely correct. Yes. Ah, yes, he does have he sure. does have that. For sure, he does have that Roddy Roddy Piper in him. I, I, think I, I like Piper. the Jake Hager-Claudio match is going to be pretty good. 
Yeah. But Jake yeah. Hager, when he when he talks, he he stretches it out way too much. I feel like that's why he's so boring on the mic. He's like, yes, You were never Ring of Honor <laughs> champion. You were never WWE. Like, dude, speed it up, man. Like, I feel like I want to watch his promos on like 2X because it's like he's got damn, <laughs> He's got a different. He's got a not similar, but a different kind of list from Dusty Rhodes. Because Dusty. Rhodes, oh baby, no, no. Dusty Rhodes, baby, has Cody's list is. is worse than Jake Hager. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't look really at, notice Cody's list that much. Oh, big, you have to. You have he, to look at his. Look at it. Dusty's <laughs> list is iconic, right? Yeah. Dusty's known for his list. Jake's is just annoying. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do that champion, you know, something like that. I wasn't surprised I, to be honest. Yeah, I wasn't surprised either. We we seen what's it called? Brian Danielson and uh what's it called Chris Jericho on WWE television like last week. So like at this point, I'm not surprised who's mentioning what, who shows up where. Yeah, it, yeah, that's not really surprised me either. But man, now let's take it into the debut of Rush in AW singles, okay? Versus, of course, mm-hmm. Pentagon, of course, Cero Miedo. All I gotta say. Is that my This is world? such good shit. And it was good shit. Let him know. There, oh, yeah. there you go. I just wanted you to say it. I, I love old man. I'm, my boy, Blue. I love you, Blue. <laughs> 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 but this match was actually incredible. Great debut for Arush. Um, I know the crowd is not much familiar with Arush at all. Um, but if you guys, are, you, you know, you have to... That's the only thing we've been saying in all of us, even in Joe from the Ring, and we subscribe to them because I was watching their show as well last night. And let's uh, see, La Facción Ingobernable says, right, it's back, baby. Love it. But um, let's see, Claudia Hayer can still sell, they still can't sell me with the note. <laughs> <laughs> so they fact. can't. That's what it is a fact. I agree. With three and oh, really, Claudia, you can do better than that. But, <laughs> but uh, Rouge, I mean, I know people are not familiar. This is why I said that I wish that Tony Khan, some for God's sakes, I know you want to condense a two hour show, put a fucking promo video. Who is Rouge? You know, you can communicate with Triple A. They have the old school footage of La Facción Ingobernable, like how his career was in Triple A. And or you can communicate, you know, Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre, the CMML, communicate with them. You Ring of Honor, Ring of, Ring of Honor champion, like come on, you own Ring of Honor, Tony Khan, what the fuck, man? I, I gotta do it. Jesus, hey yo, what the fuck? Exactly, I have to do it. Tony Khan, He's gotta come put on. Up the, he just has to put up the footage. That's all. But it's what's like, so hard of putting a 45-second footage yeah. of who yeah, you know, this it. guy? Look it, put a photo. Show him with the Ring of Honor champion. Like, something. Like, just do something. This is not just random, like, guy who came in from AAA to wrestle. This is one of the top wrestlers in Mexico. El Toro Blanco is one of the biggest stars in Mexico. This is, I don't know, man. I don't get it. I feel like the whole show is rushed. Even when Luchasaurus, like, chokeslam Matt Hardy. It was like, oh, on to the next segment. It's like, yo, let shit breathe. If you let shit breathe, the show's going to have better pacing. Like, I don't know. I think think they were trying to pack the show like a can of sardines. Like, too many things in one. But that's And it needs to change. That needs to change. That's why why they need need that Ring of Honor show. I think the other thing is that um, 
I think this Pentagon match, the match against Pentagon, that that should have been for this should have been on a pay per view rather than just thrown away on a dynamite show. You know, I think this could have been perfect for a pay per view, uh, Roosh versus Pentagon, but uh, they just said screw it, let's put it on a on a dynamite. And so, last I don't minute, know. it was announced the day of. It's like God, yeah. Do you guys do you that? Do you think that's an insight? Like, do you think there's any disrespect to these wrestlers or? Maybe it's just they're, they they just didn't really think ahead it, or something. It's, it's time management. I think for me, it's yeah. time management. They just know how to time manage shit. That's the big I, I feel like, issue. Yeah, I feel like it, to me, it's more like damage control. AEW has a lot of injuries right now. It's like they're shit. Who do we got to have on the show? We need star power. We need star power. And then it's like, you know, day of, it's like, oh, shit, we still have Pentagon. We could put him in a match. Oh, we haven't had Rouge. So it's like, all right, let's put these matches last minute. But it's like, yo. A match like this, you build up towards. I know that they're probably going to, at the pay-per-view, maybe have uh, Roosh and Andrade versus Pence and Phoenix, but it's like, I don't know. Like, this match right now, like, this is a match you build up towards. Like, this was a big feud in CMLL. This was a big feud in, I believe they had a match in MLW, too. It was a big match in MLW. So, it's like, I don't know. This is something you build up to. It's not something you announce day of. I, I just feel like it's not a disrespect to them. I don't think that it's intentional. I just feel like nobody is really like, you know, has the roster sheet and putting things together before the week of the show. It's like day of. It's like, all right, we got to the venue. It's like, oh, what can we do? That's why you have all these like big matches that are announced day of. I remember a couple weeks back, Buddy Matthews versus Pack. I think that match should have been built up towards. And that match was announced day of as a part of a tournament that no one even knew what the whole tournament reason was for until the day of when they mentioned the All-Atlantic title. It's like everything just seems so rushed. Yeah. Everything's and, uh, rushed for Roosh. That's right. Yeah. And shout out to, you know, shout out to Jopo very quickly because uh, Frank did mention that yesterday on their recap show that they're showcasing, you know, the Ring of Honor stars because uh, the fact is that, you know, Ring of Honor is next week, not this week, but the following weekend. So they have to, you know, obviously promote the, the, the product, the stars. I do agree with that. I, I do agree that they're doing that. But once again, the only what I will add on to what Frank said last night is the package. I think we've all been we've been asking video package, Ring of Honor video package stars that you're going to be putting. If you're going to sell your yeah. fucking tickets, you need to start promoting packaging. Oh, this not just how you mentioned. Oh, last minute, last minute matches, everything else, and. It's just it's ridiculous. It, Even you know, with social you know, media, You're like yes. Ring of Honor and social media. If you look, they had like two posts since Supercard of Honor. It's like, bro, is nobody going to be in charge of Ring of Honor? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, what's going on, Clark Street? That's right, gentlemen. Make sure you subscribe to Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. That's right. They're the kings of Chicago. That's right. They're the king of the Chicago. But you know, one thing you that you have me now curious down, Daniel. What I question too is. What about if they if Tony Khan has him per appearance and he's paying them per appearance? Is this is why maybe he's doing it last minute? That's why I, I kind of question now. Like, then why you say they're all elite if they're not really there most of the time? I do remember now, Tony Khan mentioning that there's three different tiers to AEW contracts. They, there's the AEW contracts where it's like you're guaranteed for a certain number of dates a year. There's AEW contracts where you're contracted to them, but it's when it's like a more like you know when you're needed type deal. So I don't know if this was a case of Tony Khan looking at the card and saying it's not stacked enough. So last minute he gave Rush a call. 
But yeah, I mean, it, it could be the case. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm with you too, Frank. I mean, we've been, hopefully, they do have it already. They need to start having their own platform. Ring of Honor needs their own platform already. 100%. Growing, uh, growing within their own. But yes, yeah, is it is a shorter term deal? Is per appearance, and uh, that I do know about Roosh, but I'm talking about in general for all EW stars, not just referencing Roosh. Uh, it's just that's what I feel that you know that could be the case. I, I, I really don't know, but you know, just very brief for myself, ending this, you know, with this match was incredible. I did you know, the receipts that these two guys put on with each other. I never seen Roosh's chest so fucking red in a long mm-hmm. time, and you noticed that there was a couple of hits that. They were receiving each other. Like, hey, this is my receipt to you, and back right at you. So it was yeah. uh, an intense match. But, yes, take it away, De Niro. Your thoughts about the match? I think that this match was incredible. And what I loved about it most is this is just a taste of what they could do. I seen these two guys go 45 minutes in Mexico, and it was a classic. So it's like this is just a taste of what they could do. This was not even full potential. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you got Dragon Ball Z fans in here, but this wasn't final form Roosh and Pentagon. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I definitely, I definitely think Frieza, you're going to get Frieza three. Frieza three. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I definitely think that, you know, the more we see them, we're going to see like people who are not familiar. They're going to be surprised on the type of matches that we're going to see out of Roosh and the type of, you know, matches we'll probably see out of the tag teams. Cause I think that we're definitely heading towards Penta and Phoenix versus Roosh and Andrade. So great matchup. Only thing is a, a minor complaint I have is the unmasking Pentagon is not special anymore because it happens like once a month here in AW. So it's like, I don't know like why they continue to unmask Pentagon because the Young Bugs did it like a thousand times. Now we got Roosh doing it. It's like it, it kind of loses its like, you know, special moment when a wrestler unmasks somebody when it's done all the time. So I think that they should kind of like you know, turn away from that aspect of the storyline. I agree. I, I, I'm not disagreeing there. Matt Callis. So we lost generally him. with that match, no, you don't lose me yet. I was like, I was, where's the button? <laughs> <laughs> no. So Russian Pentagon, it, you know, I wish this wasn't given away on the show, but we were in for a real treat. I think in the wrestling industry, they call this hot shotting, right? When they give you the pay-per-view thing for free or too soon. They give you the good thing too soon. This was definitely hot shotted, but it definitely was a real treat. It's like it's like you go to McDonald's and they give you lobster. You know, this is like you go to McDonald's and they give you the they give you a I wouldn't trust that shit. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if McDonald's had their own lobster, I'm not trusting that shit. This is like <laughs> Or it's like it's like you go to Denny's and then they give you they give you something really expensive. They give you like high quality sushi. <laughs> By the way, Norms used to. I don't know if they got if you got Norms over there in New York, but uh, I never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Norms is just like Denny's. They used to have sushi there. It's like wow. so. It was, it's this is kind of like this kind of like that kind of thing. So you know what? It was a real treat, and we get to see them do their magic. Maybe. There is a level above this that they can even take it to higher. So maybe if we get these two one-on-one again on a pay-per-view. How about this? Here's one of the things that kind of did drag drag down the match. Outside interference. I understand it's a heel thing. But if you get these two inside of a cage or we have the managers barred from the ring, I think that might add to it. 
you know. Then he's yeah. just dying in your area. Yeah. Look at his chest, yeah. though. Jesus, man. That, yep. Yeah, for real. Oh, man. He took a, he took those chops from Penta. I tell you that. Those were not. Oh, my God. That shit was. Easy. It had to be cringing, to be honest. What, what, what are your guys' thoughts on, um, what's his name, Jose the assistant and Alex Abrahantes? I don't think neither of them are needed for neither of these teams. Uh, that'll be I a good dark match. It might be, a, I think now it's kind of leading up to their in ring debuts because I think, you know, I think because of the combat that they engaged in with each other, I think it might lead up to a match with those two. It might be like a kickoff match eventually. It'll be interesting. Uh, I so. do like Alex Cabrahata because I like Peta says, but I do love that. <laughs> I mean, it's the sort of thing that, that I love about Alex because he is the boy, like how. That mentioned Alex is a voice box for them. Yes, he is. And he's a great translator because Lucha Bros cannot cut a promo on themselves in English. I'm sorry. Y si yo hablo español, señores y señores, pero afortunadamente Lucha Bros es tan difícil para que ellos hablen en inglés. Por eso le digo, para que los que están escuchando en español. Pero Alex Carvajal sí. Sí. But what about Jose? You like Jose? I feel like Jose, like, what's his role? He doesn't talk. He doesn't do anything. I mean, he Andrade's is not a good promo. So he it's hits like, you with where's his mouth? That's what he does. <laughs> he hits you with the tablet. But Roosh, Roosh is a good promo. But, uh, uh, you know, the other guy, the other guy, I guess, just hits you with the tablet. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I guess. <laughs> but there's one comment I want to highlight very brief. I mean, just. Okay, I'll do it for you, Dan, because you really you want to have Roosh and Warlow. All right, I'll do it. Give me what I want. Uh, <laughs> that match would be a banger. Mm-hmm. I think it would be. And Frank saying, you know, Honor No More from Impact will show up to the Ring of Honor. I would love that. I he, he did mention that on his Dynamite recap last night. I would love to see that. Bring up, you know, have the OGs to show up and say, hey, we're the original ones here, you know. Uh, be I will. Yes, that would be. That would be. That would be. This is such good shit. And it would be. We've never seen the Briscoes. We've never seen the Briscoes. I, I thank you. Yes, it can't I'm be Ring of Honor without the Briscoes. That's how I see it. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Let's see. Or mirror. Oh, we're gonna about to get into that, baby. Yeah, man. You just you brought it up, and we're about to get into that. But before we do, I wanted to get into because we're not. We're almost there to that. Uh, we wanted to get into very brief what I said last week. I said it, I knew it, I called it, I told you guys. What did I say? The acclaimed that is Gun Club versus Fuego de Soul, the on rough, roughing it, and Bear Country. Uh, toward Bear Country, but yes, we did see Billy Gunn turn on the acclaim and the Gun Club are back together. Now, the acclaim is faces. I said it. There, I said it. I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. What's going on, Brian Cook? Welcome to the show, my brother. Yes, Rush. Ooh, Russian Yuda. I love that. Yes. I got to do it for my boy. Brian, I'll do it for you, man. I'll do it for you because you are the man. I love it. I do love it. That's right. And then, of course, I see uh, Maria has been working with Tony Khan in the building. Oh, Okay. That would be interesting. She's still, but okay, awesome, awesome. But yes, we finally get to see the acclaimed turning face. And now, this is where I said I'm gonna digress. My apologies, gentlemen. I want to get my thoughts out of the way first. 
This is where you need to push now the tag team division in AEW. Where these two tag teams have now the gun club, the hottest tag team heels. And now you have the acclaim, your hot, your hottest baby faces. And it's going to just rock the entire tag team division. And it's yeah. going to elevate the acclaim more and the gun club. Because then you're going to have someone that we're, we're be, we've been watching these two on dark and elevation. It's about damn time we see them now on national television platform on Dynamite. So I'm happy that this happened. I know certain people were not happy, but I was. I mean, this, it needed to happen. You know, the crowd was asking for it. You know, scissor me, daddy, scissor me. Dad, there's someone scissor me, Devin. Who's going to scissor me? <laughs> but yes, this was the turnout of event that I we I called it and we expected it. Take it back to you, the neuron, your thoughts, and is this the right direction? I definitely think it's the right direction. The the fans are so in love with the acclaimed, like might as well like let them have them. Like it's I don't know. The acclaimed is just so over that to try to make people hate them, it would be like a disservice to them. So I think that this was definitely a great decision. Um I'm calling it now. I, I said it last week on the show. I said that Billy Gunn's going to turn on the acclaim, and I'm calling it now. Road Dog is going to be probably making an appearance in AEW with the acclaimed. I, I see Max Cast is kind of like a modern day Road Dog coming out with the mic. You got Road Dog and the acclaimed versus Billy Gunn and the Gun Club. You know, I think it would be dope. And we got we see online Road Dog is saying that he would love a spot in AEW. So I think that it would be interesting if Road Dog gets put into the mix of this. But um, yeah, I definitely think that uh, this was the right thing to do. The Gun Club right now is heels is good, and I think the acclaimed is so loved by the fans. You might as well make them baby faces. So I'm with it. I swear, if Road Dog does show up, I will. I will oh, be. Oh, you didn't player. know? Oh no! Oh my God! If that happens, you ask me to call somebody. somebody. Oh my God! That will happen. Let's fucking go. If Let's you think about go. what Max Casta does, Max Casta comes out. You know, yeah, he's rapping. Where Road Dog was just like hyping the crowd up, but still coming out, having like a live entrance with the mic. That's what Road Dog made famous in the '90s. So it would fit perfectly if he had a partnership with the acclaimed. Where even if it's short term, just for this feud with the gun club, you know, it, it would be cool. Like you don't have to keep him with him, but I think that it would be cool to see Road Dog kind of like pass the torch to Max Caster as like the next, like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what you yeah, would like. I agree. Call it, I agree hundred percent. Yeah, it's like he's very similar. It, you can see a lot of similarities between Road Dog and Max Caster. Yes, I hope he should. Fuck. Why not? That's what it needs. They need to uh, Tony Khan, you need to start. Letting people do their jobs. Uh, one thing about Brian Cook, what he said, yes, th that's going to happen. Mark my word. And, and I'm going to remember this, Brian. You, you're the one calling it. But I think all of us said it before, even on a New Japan you know, show that we have, we have on Tuesdays. We have said that, that AEW talent, tag team talent, should compete in the World Tag League. That would be phenomenal. That does we'll happen. see FTR probably in there. Which is oh, hell great. yeah. That is for sure. And I was, and of course, Yoshihashi did put on a teaser about. Mm, okay, all right, I love it, but yes, Matt Callis, your thoughts as well. The acclaim, scissor me, Danny. It was it was definitely a double turn. It's like you know, 
you know he's going to turn on you and say, you know, he's a double agent. He's there the whole time. He's a double agent. You know, like you wouldn't turn on his own sons because, you know, you got to look over your shoulder. You got to sleep with one eye open, gripping your pillow tight, exit light, enter night, you know, enter the Sandman, <laughs> but no Sandman. You got Billy Gunn instead. So yeah. <laughs> you got to you got to watch your back. You got to watch your back. Yeah. You got to look over your shoulder. You know, you can't. But, you know, that there you can't trust Billy Gunn. You know, so that I we definitely did see it coming, but you know it, it flip and flop. You know, so we gotta we gotta see we gotta see the payoff is what I'm waiting for. You know, I think when they took the microphone away for the rap, that was like that was the big one too. That was like, heat. Yeah, everybody mm-hmm. wanted to hear the rap. You know, I week. never heard the crowd going like, "Oh man," yeah. oh, but it was it was awesome. I I. It this is a great direction, and I'm hoping that they can take these two teams and elevate that tag team division, and not in dark or elevation have them on damn it on top national television have them on dynamite, not mm-hmm. rampage, not just I'm not disregarding not disrespecting you know rampage, but dynamite your main your main top show on Wednesday the show that people watch exactly that is right. And I know what everybody wants to watch, and I know if we saw the segment, and of course, the Redeemer without both my hot, sexy wife. Of course, calling out Malachi Black because of what happened prior before with you know with the uh, Forbidden Door pay-per-view with the mist in his face. And now we're gonna get it. Looks like it's gonna come. He warns him. Heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. Like you know, Ronnie James Dio, heaven and hell. Yes. Heaven and Hell match. Heaven and Hell match. The Redeemer versus the house. So, oh, man. I, I okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Everybody stay calm. Yes, it's happening. And that's and I, I love it. But, yes. Well, take it away, De Niro. Yeah, that, that match is going to be fire. I can't wait for when it eventually happens. That That's a match I think you build up towards at All Out. I don't think that you do that on Dynamite. I, I am excited for that because you know that they're going to be two heavy hitters that are going to put on a war. So it's cool that Miro is getting put into another storyline and Malachi Black also because, like, I was already done with the Death Triangle versus the um, House of Black. I'm glad that people are moving on. So I think that it's really cool to see this storyline happening. Oh, yeah, that is right. Hell yeah. That's right. <laughs> Mac Ellis. Angels and demons, man. Angels and demons. Angels and demons. We got, you know, I like Malachi already got the horns. I think, I think uh, Miro's got to come with like angel wings or something, you know, just be really, <laughs> just have it, you know, just have it really over the top. They got, he's got to come with altar boys and like a Gregorian <laughs> chanting choir with hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> and then Miro flies to the ring. Hallelujah! It's the holiest match you've ever seen. Holiest thing ever. I gotta say, Miro has probably one of the most like simplistic theme songs, but it's still, in my opinion, one of the most fire theme songs in AEW. I love the whole Redeemer theme song with the the horns and it's fire. Oh yeah, I agree with that because this is like your your Zeus 
and Hades type of style. I, I that's how I see it. And like how you mentioned, oh, no. you, you mentioned uh, Miro's entrance is like it reminds me of Zeus, like if he's coming down from Mount Olympus and then you see he's going after Hades, Manakai Black. That's what it reminds me of. And I think I hope yeah. when this match happened, it delivers, and I think it will. Gotta find out a volcano, no. <laughs> but here, here's the biggest question for both of you guys: Who goes over? Oh, I feel like both need to, so it's hard. Both need a win, but um, in my opinion, I, I give it to Miro. And I'm a big Malachi Black fan, but I give it to Miro because Miro, right now, I don't know. You keep building that man. I think that man is future AEW World Champion. Let's fucking go. That's right. To this day. To this day. <laughs> that's right. Who do you go for, Matt Callis? Who will you take on this pick? You know, I'll actually go with Miro as well. I think the main thing, I, I think when in doubt, here's the best formula. If it's a baby face that people like, go baby face, heel baby face with the, with the, tri with the trio of matches. That seems like the most reasonable combination, you know. I mean, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, that third match, I think Chris Jericho won the second one. So logically, Kenny Omega should win the third one. So it's always babyface, heel, babyface. If you do it the other way around, people are going to be kind of disappointed. So I think if you open it, or at least maybe, because if, and if you do heel, babyface, babyface, that's going to be, you know, people would be sick of it by the third one. So this seems like, when in doubt, babyface, heel, babyface. And if a tweener's in the mix, that's a whole different deal, or new, upcoming, new. That changes the formula. So I'm going for Miro. Okay. All right. Oh, this is a tough one for me. Oh, son of a bitch. Why, David? Son of a bitch. All right. Fine. What? Okay, hold on. Okay, all right. Yes, Miro Day all day. I have to go with Miro all day. Yes. Wonderful. That's right. It is wonderful because Miro, and how you mentioned the Miro, he is the hottest right now as where he's been in a long time. And and this is a guy who's the middleman who is doesn't care if he's a face or a heel. I want to have to go with Miro. Yes, that is for sure. And I'm loving those promos, man. The, the Redeemer promos are still so cool. Like, <laughs> son oh, of man, a yes. bitch. Son <laughs> of a bitch, yes. <laughs> but uh, I cannot wait, man. I cannot wait. And then, of course, we have your girls, Matt Callis, Thunderstorm. That's right, your Thunderstorm. I guess they're trying to promote Thor. Catchy maybe. name. That's very catchy, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there you go. Kofi goes with Miro with the win. Hell yes, that's right. But Miro, I mean, we had Thunderstorm versus Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose. Man, this match was pretty tough. Uh, I know it was kind of quiet in the beginning. The crowd was not much involved, but then towards the end, they were getting involved. So, disappointment for No Pac. Yeah, I know. No Pac, I don't know why. But he's busy defending the All-Atlantic around the world. Around the world, but yes, take it away, Daniels. Your thoughts about this women's tag team match? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to come off as disrespectful. I, like, I never want to disrespect the wrestlers in the ring, but like, I feel like at this point, like Marina Shafir does not really have much for me to like 
really get behind and i don't know like i'm a fan of nyla rose though i think that nyla rose did good i just don't think that she could carry the whole team especially when you're going against two top stars like tony storm and nyla not nyla tony storm and thunder rosa um i don't know i just don't think that these two teams meshed pretty well uh yeah i think that you know we got to move on from this too. Like it, it just started the storyline, but let's move on pretty fast because I don't think that there's much chemistry between these four women. Um, as for Thunderstorm, I I like the name of the team, but I think that right now you got to continue to push Thunder Rosa as her own entity, as the women's champion. And I mean, shit, I say it every week. We need more women matches on AEW. We need more women to be promoted on AEW. And I feel like you could have separated this maybe and had two women's singles matches instead of a mediocre tag match. Agreed. Just, I mean, just yes, 100% yes. Yes, JT. If you could. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> All right. No idea what was that about, but yeah. <laughs> Let's see. This is the. Isn't it funny that there's thunderstorm tag team and there is deep teaming rumors? Oh, I know where you're going with this. I I'd love that. to see that. Yeah, women's tag titles. Yes, yeah. Does that means it's teasing to some. Maybe so. You'd never know. But take it away, Matt Callis. Give us your thoughts of, of this women's tag team matchup that occurred. Not only is it Vader time, it's tag team women's tag title time. Now with Mercedes and, and Serena Deeb, they really got to get, let's get some belts out there. We've got the Ring of Honor roster. We got all the women. It's time because, you know, we've already have two women singles titles. We got to get, we got to get a, a, a set of tag team titles. We've got four, four tag team titles in circulation, AEW, AAA, Ring of Honor, uh, IWGP, and the AEW. We got four different men's tag team titles. None for the women. They don't. They didn't bring over the Tokyo Joshi Pro titles. Not Stardom. Not you know nothing for the Ring of Honor or AEW rosters. Just nada. I mean, I I disagree. Just because I feel like you got to showcase the women more before you give them more titles. There's yeah. already two women's titles, and there's not enough time to showcase those two titles. So to add another title to them, it's just going to be two titles that are lost in the shuffle. Like, we, we, we see where the uh, the tag team, women's tag team titles are in the WWE. They're not showcased, and they never really meant much. So just to make titles, just to have titles, it's like it, it would probably get lost in the shuffle in AEW, especially because the women are not being showcased enough. Agreed. I mean, and plus those... WWE women's tag team titles were obsolete. Delete. We don't see them anymore. Remember, mentioned. there was supposed to be a tournament, and that tournament yeah, never like, happened. Word. Oh Pepperidge Farm remembers the tournament. They, like, they just eighty-six it. For real. They, were, the they, they literally eighty-six it. Really, like, wow. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, Danilo. I, I mean, you have to give the women time. In order for to bring those types of titles out, like you get a title, you get a title. No, no more of that. No, no, no. TK, you need to stop with this damn fuck and giving out titles. You need to start focusing on storylines, giving that title the prestige of what it's supposed to be meaning for. And why is it called a championship belt? Why should it be defended? And what's the story behind it for that belt? That's what you need to build. Yeah. And why is the women? And why is that woman 
representing that bill for the company. That you know, that's what he needs to do. But I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing new challengers for Thunder Rosa and and for you know Tony Storm. I think Tony Storm. Okay, you lost. Go after Jay Cargill. Why not give her something to do? But now that you have Ruby Soho. You know, focusing on that. I know we're still waiting on Athena and Chris Statlander. They have to do that match already with Jade Cargo. It's, it's I don't know what is why they're taking forever to pull the trigger. I mean, but we'll have to wait and see. I, I, it's it's difficult. I wonder if Medusa through through the. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if if no. I don't think it was her. I I think it was. Oh, her. son of a bitch! What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. It was that guy. He's the one who threw the belt away. <laughs> hey, he threw him away. So it is unfortunate. All yep. right. It is time to get to the main event of the evening for Dynamite, of course. The AEW Intern Championship. Why the fuck should it be called? Just call him the champion already, man. It's not should not be the intern at all. I know this is not UFC, but I get it. Tony Khan versus, of course. John Mox defending the belt versus Brody King. Very brief, I want to digress. Great, you know, showcase for Brody King. Shout out to Brody King. He did uh, an incredible job selling his size and for Moxley helping him along the way. And knowing that we've seen Moxley and Brody, they have worked with before with together in New Japan Strong. They have. So they're already kind of familiar with each other, the chemistry. This chemistry was great. It was a great, solid main event. Especially for Brody, um, I did enjoy that you know Brody King was finally main eventing. I know everybody was like, "What? Too soon?" Uh, so was I. I'm not here denying it. So was I. But I was really impressed, and I was really happy for Brody King to have a fantastic main event. And he did do. Yeah, it was a brawl. It was. It did. It, it did too. Because. Reason why you know, and I'm I'm with you, Brian, because it's just like you just put Moxie through a hell, you know. You just put him through hell last week. Hell and, in a double cell. Oh, hell in a double cell. Uh, what is it called, William? Thank you, Mister Rigo. I appreciate you for that. Yes, it was blood and you know and guts last week, but you just put him through hell. And like I said, I mean, but you got to give Moxie the credit too for you know pulling these fantastic matches. Oh, yeah, Shafir, yes, she will be. Uh, <laughs> you'll get to see a Brody in a one Yes, when, when he's 19, he said. That's why he, it is, it'll be QT Marcel will be fighting. But for me, here's the one thing I want to say, too, as well, besides the, you know, the match, right off topic, very brief. And I want to get your thoughts, as too, as well, besides this one. This is a two-part question. Tell me why. We see Moxon, he's done it before during the pandemic when he was at the pandemic champion. He came out more weekly basis defending the title than Adam Hangman Page has done. This is why it's bad booking. You're allowing, you're you're able to book Moxie, but why you're not able to book Hangman that way when he was AEW World Champion? That's where I question Tony Khan on this. That should have been done. It, I think because a lot of people criticize Hangman's title reign because it didn't do much, but yet you're not credit. I mean, because like I said, it's bad booking, but you're able to book 
John Moxley this way every week. He just gave you a uh, main, you made him main event last week, and he main evented this week. You might see him again in the next following week. So, I mean, what's going on here? So, I mean, to you, De Niro, the match, the main event, and that second part question. I thought the match was a great matchup, and it was, like you said, a great showcase for Brody. I think it was a nice little Easter egg being in Rochester, the home of Brody Lee, and having Brody King, the new Brody, in uh, the main event. I thought that was really cool. But Brody King is fucking amazing, and I think that he definitely is, you know, maybe a future world champion. John Moxley, he got to have his first AEW title defense in front of people. If you remember, every title defense was during the pandemic. So I thought that that was really nice. And I thought that maybe that's why they wanted to get a title defense right away, just to have him defend the title in front of a crowd for the first time. Um, I would have given him a week off because, shit, like you had the war with Tanahashi and then you go right into blood and guts. So just to have him go against Brody King, who you know is going to be a very physical matchup. But, um, yeah, I thought the match was great. As for the second part of the question, I I felt the same way. Like, when you had Hangman Page win that title and then he didn't defend that title on TV for, like, nine weeks. Like, it was a little weird because it's like you – I don't know if it comes down to the wrestler themselves. Maybe it comes down to John Moxley. Maybe he's like, yo, let's fucking go. Let's, you know, put me in there. I'm ready to go every week. I also would say, though, just to play devil's advocate, right now you have a lot of injuries, a lot of star powers on the shelf. So John Moxley's a big name. Showcase him every week because right now you can't showcase Punk. You can't showcase Danielson. You can't showcase Cole. So it's like since you have a lot of people on the shelf, maybe that's why they have Moxley on weekly defending because you have to have stars on your show because, yeah, the, the roster's hurting right now. So you, someone has to step up, and Moxie's stepping up. Indeed. indeed. Well, dur- during Hangman Page's title reign, you had all those stars on the show. So if Hangman missed a couple shows, it wasn't like people were missing it, missing the champion because you had mega stars on that show anyway. You had Punk. You had Danielson. You had Joe on the show. You had the New Japan stars like Minoru Suzuki on the show. So it's like it wasn't really like, oh, man, the show was lacking the champion because you had so many different stars. Now there's a lot of stars that's on the shelf. You need your champions to step up. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I'm with you on that. I can disagree there. I mean, especially hearing him in the comments, Kofi saying the Moxes go-to guy is something different from wrestling. You know, from wrestling, you can't blame the booking. Honestly, it's a character you're booking. Mox's character is just moving move more over, honestly. Yeah, I mean, of course. I agree. Hangman didn't wrestle the first month to sell Brian Daniels to taking out each member of Dark. Okay. He could have wrestled be- in between, though. Yeah, he could have wrestled in between. That, that, you know, I would love to see that, you know, but it, I, I, that's one of the things I just question. But I, I get, you know, I, I get, you know, this, they're valid points. I'm not disagreeing. It just, I just question, you know, what they could have done with Hangman's title ring that it could have been similar to what you mentioned about Moxley's. It could be, it could have been. Yeah, but they didn't really give him much. I mean, you give him Archer. I mean, who else? They give me besides that, you know, Danielson. Seventeen Archer. cold matches. You know, it's just geez. <laughs> so I'll I tell mean, you what, though. I, so there was something about Hangman's title reign where I, from even the beginning, I I felt like this title reign is only going to be maybe one of two or many title reigns. I feel like he's probably going to get the title again. He's going to be a, a multi-time champion. And I don't know, I just felt like his first initial title reign wasn't, like, going to be his only title reign, so maybe they didn't want to, like, blow off everything yet. 
That yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're right on that. That's you know you you get the money right there. Hamad did defend his title seven times in six months, which is a lot. Okay, but even I'm John sure. Moxley's first title reign, like John Moxley was defending it. He must have had. He was defending it really often, really often. Like in six months, I'd say he probably had like nine or ten, maybe. Yeah. Because he I was Spider Fest, all those, like all the big shows he was doing, but he was even doing dynamites. I remember he, he was defending it a lot. So I don't know. Definitely, definitely. Matt Callis, take it away. So, so one thing that a lot of folks out there don't know, for those who don't know it, uh Brody King is one of the trainers for, for Ring of Honor wrestlers. He's and he's been in it a while. You know, he's I follow him on Twitter. You know, he has a lot of friendships. He was even friends with the late great Hanukkah He was very, he, yeah. he, you know, also lead singer of the band God's Hate as well. And so even I think Loudwire reposted, you know, a link to this match. Like, wow, the tonight the lead singer of God's Hate is going to be facing John Moxley for the AEW interim title. So world title. So but and Brody King's also the I think he was a teacher to to Kid Bandit, if I'm not mistaken, the wrestler as well. So he's he has a lot of students under him. So he's he's a great teacher. And I don't know if he's retired this finisher or if he's still doing it because he has the fire thunder driver now. But I really like the gonzo bomb that he uses. It's a power bomb into a pile driver. It's crazy. It's like right into yeah. your head, you know. It's such a it's such a cool finisher, and you know. If I if there's any match you should have watched the outside of AEW before this episode was Roosh versus Brody King. From Ring really, of Honor, right? Yeah, in Ring of yeah, Honor. Amazing match, yeah. And I really thought Brody King was gonna take it. So I was seeing it was cool seeing both of them on the card for this show and seeing a little bit of that flavor. You know, you were having flashbacks to that match while watching the show, huh? Too, right? Oh and, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I felt like a hybrid show with Ring of Honor's, like, you know, circa 2019, 2020. Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, yeah. So it'll be it'll be cool to see him in a lot of high-profile one-on-one matches soon because I like I like Brody King in one-on-one. He was former NWA tag team champions with, with PCO. So just all of, his, all of his backstory. I love everything Brody King does. Um and I think I'm only all I'm waiting for is I'm anticipating his babyface turn because I know that's going to be really cool later on down the line. Maybe in a year, two years, a year and a half, who knows? You know. So let's. I I love everything he did in this match, and I can't wait to see more. Absolutely, I think yeah. he did a fantastic job, man. He has one of the best cannonballs too. Like that man throws his whole body, and it looks nasty. <laughs> I also yes. agree with Clark Street here. Definitely, like. I definitely think that booking played a big part on it. Yeah, yep, it did. You know, that's what I mentioned. It's just like booking played a big, a, a big part. Hangman needed a story. There were opportunities. Hangman could have closed out the show on Dynamite instead of the middle for, of the show. For example, CM Punk. Go. Yeah, yes, agreed with that. And I mean, going back to what you know, what Kofi you know mentioned about Hangman's you know uh storyline as well because you know he he first he was tied up with you know dark and dark order and being you know, with the elite and of course we are seeing the tease on bte we we saw that just recently he was wanted to message hangman and uh but didn't happen so that's really it surprises me but one thing i wanted to bring up to you gentlemen because i 
try to find a picture, but it unfortunately will not allow me to. But I'll show it here. Let me just share my screen. People that has, I think you you have a dinner. You have access to the, I think the fight, um, the fight app, uh, where yeah. it shows you the off air what happened. So after yeah. the match of that, we had this happening. We see Darby Allen and Sting coming out trying to congratulate Brody King, and Brody King said he was not having it, and he did not shook, you know did not shake his hand and walked away. So it looks like we're are we seeing. Uh, House of Black versus Darby and Stang! Stang! Is that the next feud we're gonna get? I'm getting I'm getting flashbacks to Vampiro versus Sting. Are you guys getting those flashbacks oh, now? Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you this right now. I I've been cringing every time Sting takes these risks and goes in there with Matt, like guys who are a lot younger than him. But if Sting goes into the ring against Brody King. I am genuinely scared for Sting. And I'm a huge Sting fan. I just feel like, you know, I don't know I'll if Sting say, could. I'll say this. Brody is a pretty safe worker for the most part. Brody, he's a, he's a teacher to the to the younger wrestlers. This outside of the kayfabe world. So he's, yeah. you know, he's definitely a very, he's not, he's not a, despite the, the match with Moxley being more yeah, very shooty with a lot of contact, he definitely knows how to work safe just from the whole indie scene and then, you know, working with people. But, you know, we'll, we'll, I, I, we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. I also think yeah. it's cool. Like, you got Brody King, who's the lead singer of God's Hate, and you also had uh, the Butcher on this show who is – he's in the band, too, I think, Every Time every I time Die. Every Time I Die, yeah. Yeah, so the Rock World had two big uh, stars here wrestling. Oh, yeah. That's have Battle good. of the Bands, Brody King versus – the butcher. <laughs> I miss I, villain. Yeah, me too, man. I, I do miss villain enterprises. Oh, I kind of thought that like it would be cool if AEW ever did like an AEW band because there's so many. I, I, I've said it before. AEW has the most musically talented wrestling roster in history. I'll say yeah. that. Period. Everybody can sing or like a good chunk of that roster can sing or play instruments. Jericho has his music. Karoshida sings. I mean, the list goes on and on. But the best has to be Max Caster. Oh yeah! Yes. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. Yo, hey, did anybody hear mention? Did you guys hear JR's com commentary at all? Like it's just him. He's like JR. Listen. Rapping <laughs> 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 JR. Oh my god! Yeah, we're yeah. listening. <sighs> JR is a gem. He is. And now, let me. You know what? Speaking about that, let me ask you very brief as well. I think. Just wanted to recap it very brief. I think we, did, we talked about it last week, but I, you know, are you guys comfortable with this now having Jr. coming out during the you know during the middle of the show this time instead of him being now the whole show, and now instead of having Shivani there too as well, he's working more with the backstage role, um, and now you have Taz and and Excalibur. Are you, are you guys comfortable with that? How, how do you guys feel about that team so far? I like it. I like it because I feel like, you know. As legendary as JR is, and I love JR, I just feel like right now, you know, him in shorter spurts is probably better. And also, it reminds me of uh, the WCW Nitro days where Tony Schiavone and Larry Zbysko would start off the show, and then you would have uh, you'd have Bobby the Brain Heenan join him towards the middle of the show, like the second hour. So I, I like that dynamic of it. And it, it makes JR a bigger star. It makes him feel like a bigger deal that he comes in just for the main events, you know? Yeah. 
Absolutely. How about you, McAllister? How do you feel about that? He's working on his the commentators. Button. The commentators and the announcers, like, I guess they, they you really got to give, um, you really got to give new, new people more of a chance to shine. I mean, it's great that they have the most experienced guys in the biz, but I mean, sooner or later, they can't be there forever. You know, I you know, we can't be there forever. We got to really pass it off to somebody new. You know, I wouldn't mind uh, down the line if if some of the some of the younger wrestlers end up on commentary. Like, imagine who's going to be on AEW commentary thirty years from now. I don't. We already see like Ricky Starks doing great at that. We're seeing yeah. like Jericho do great at that. So for sure, I can see that too. That'd be cool. That'd be cool on the set, and I can't wait to see it down the line. You know, that just end to end with the shows. You know. Speaking of that, I know you're waiting for this for tomorrow. That is right, because as Rampage tomorrow, we got Orange Cassidy versus Tony Nese, Serena Deeb, and Mercedes Martinez in action. Of course, Korosuke Takashita versus Eddie Kingston. So I know, I know that, of course, Matt Taylor is going Yes, you are, because you are going to go, of course, Lee Moriarty and Jonathan Gresham versus the Gates of Agony, of course. So are you looking forward for this incredible card, back. I was thinking of you because I know Konosuke, Eddie Kingston. Come on, talk to us, talk to us, baby. Tell us that there's going to be a lot. So Eddie Kingston definitely has studied Jun Akiyama, who Konosuke Takeshi has faced him a lot, and Jun Akiyama was in All Japan Pro Wrestling, and like probably Eddie Kingston and, and Konosuke are probably having a conversation about Jun Akiyama right now. So if, if there's any match you guys should watch before this show, they might even have some references to that match on this show, is Konosuke Takeshita versus Jun Akiyama. I think Jun Akiyama defeated Konosuke Takeshita for the for the DDT Openweight Championship. So that's that's something to look into. You know, That's something you guys should definitely watch before the show. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, you know, Tully Blanchard getting a new tag team in. And then I want Orange Cassidy to bring that same energy he had with Will Ospreay. You know, Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez, you know, giving you a little bit more flavor for that women's tag team thing. Getting more of that time in during the week. Oh, see, there you go. Oh, yeah, my God. Nasty. That'll be cool. Yes. That'll be really cool. Yes, that would be. Absolutely. How about you, Dinero? How do you feel about that? Uh, Rampage looks stacked. I, I think that Eddie Kingston versus uh, Konosuke is going to be fire. I'm also, it's always a treat to see uh, Jonathan Gresham. So I'm definitely excited for the main event with Gresham teaming up with Lee Moriarty to go against the Gates of Agony. And yeah, I, I feel like, you know, Rampage, Rampage, they do put on great cards. Like last week with the Royal Rampage, great card. I just feel like, you know, it's all about the time slot. Friday nights, it's 10 o'clock. That's a dead period like it's 10 o'clock here in the east coast right it's it's hard friday nights at 10 o'clock to you know expect people to watch i would love if they just moved the time slot because i think that rampage could be a problem if they actually had people watching it so my opinion i would move rampage to seven o'clock instead of 10 o'clock have it come be before smackdown instead of after smackdown and then you know i think that more people will be watching it and there'll be more eyes on it because like a card like this deserves eyes there is a lot of good matches on this card. Agreed. Agreed 100%. All right. So we've got two more pro wrestling news. Very brief I want to get. And then we'll get one more last segment before we end the show here. 
So I wanted to get, and I'm going to combine these two because obviously it's all to one to see. Well, one is we already got official that Paige is now officially gone. She's contract free, I believe. So she's now being a free agent. I don't think she did not renew her contract. She's now a free agent. I don't think she has a clause at all. Uh, and also that WWE removed Sasha Banks and Naomi. I still believe they're gonna they're gonna come back. I don't feel they're not going anywhere. I think they just they're really play, playing it safe, keeping it private, closed doors. No one's reporting. You know, as we noticed, not much people reporting about it. You know, but I but we are just only giving our opinions about it. So it's not like oh we're reporting it. Okay, oh, we're no, we're not. We're just giving. Yeah. Our opinions of how we feel about you know the situations that is happening right now with that you know as we you know in regards to those two individuals, <clears throat> but so let me ask you, Dinero, this two part question: Where does Paige go? And do you is Sasha and Naomi really gone? I think that Paige. I would love to see me personally. I would love to see Paige in Impact Wrestling. Um, be I don't know if. Uh, they would have her as a spokesperson or maybe like the booker of the women. But I know Paige personally wants to get in the ring. She, she been wanting to make a comeback for years. And I feel like maybe this is like a Daniel Bryan situation where he threatened to leave the WWE if the WWE doctors did not, you know, clear him. So maybe this is a case of the WWE doctors not clearing Paige. So she goes outside of the WWE doctors to go get cleared so she could wrestle elsewhere. If that's the case, I think that it would be stupid for a company like Impact Wrestling or AEW not to pick up someone like Paige because she's a big mega star. She has a movie about her. Like, she's a star. So I think that anybody would love to pick up Paige. Um, if she ends up in AEW, I think that it would be really interesting. But I just would hate if that's one more woman star that gets lost in the shuffle because they're not giving women enough time. I think that any company, if any company is giving women a lot of time in a platform, it's... Uh, it's Impact Wrestling. Thanks a lot, Kofi, man. Have a good night, bro. Yeah, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you for tuning in, man. I definitely think that Impact Wrestling would be a great spot for Paige. As for Sasha and Naomi, I I don't know. It's, it's really interesting because, yeah, the, the news did start to slow down about Sasha and Naomi. I personally think that, you know, you know I, I, I don't think that they're unprofessional for walking away. But I do think that, you know, at a certain point, you got to put your money where your mouth is. If you don't feel respected in WWE, go elsewhere and make a name for yourself elsewhere. And if that's the case, I, I would love to see them leave the WWE nest and go become stars in Impact Wrestling. I think that Impact Wrestling would be the perfect landing spot for them. They want respect for the women's tag team division. Impact Wrestling definitely shows that respect. They want, you know, respect for the women's division in general. Impact Wrestling is constantly making history with innovative matches and main events for the women. So I think that that would be a great landing spot for them as well. Indeed. Indeed. I agree. I, I agree with Paige on the, um, man. Ah! So I love you, man. Let's see what, what, what Brian had to say here. Let's see. Paige and the lockout submission would be so stupid good. Impact has the best women's roster out out of the big, I Amen agree. To Amen to that, brother. Yes, and just for you, Brian, because we've been using this old man. We're gonna use him again. Oh yeah, hell yeah, that's right. And uh, absolutely, uh, hell yeah. I mean, I think it's weird that Trinity has been tweeting out AEW stuff a lot lately, especially Claudio. 
you know, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mr. Callis, how about you? How do you feel about this um, two-party question? What are your thoughts? I got a new type of thing. I got a surprise box. So for what I found out about Sasha from something I read today is that she was actually a huge fan of the All Japan's All Japan Pro Wrestling Women's Dojo when they had that going on. And there's a chance that we could see Sasha in either Tokyo Joshi Pro in or Stardom, Stardom, you know. And I think one of the dream matches some people were talking about was Sasha Banks versus Miyu, Miyu Yamashita, the ace of Tokyo Joshi Pro. She's kind of like the Asuka of Tokyo Joshi Pro, master of martial arts and kicks, just a, just an all-around badass woman. Um, Miyu Yamashita versus, uh, and she's also Maki Ito's arch rival and former tag team partner. So it, either that and also Paige, you know, Paige here. <laughs> if I can, you know, reference that, I just got put on the lipstick, just the really dark red lipstick, like Paige here, <laughs> dark eyeliner, Paige here. Now it would be great to see her in there, you know, you know, I, I, it, I feel like after watching that movie about her, her story doesn't feel like it's over. The movie yeah. didn't even feel like it was complete to me because I feel like there's more more of a story to tell down the line. So getting to find out more about her and many other things over the years, you know, I think, oh, here's another, <laughs> here's another fun fact for you guys. Once again, we're having another Matt's personal life. Well, not personal. Well, my career in entertainment colliding with the world, with the world of wrestling. So pages, pages, boyfriend stole my bass player a long time ago, back in 2007. So <laughs> yeah. So uh, Mr. Miku Horuichi, the, he was originally my bass player and apparently uh -huh. he like gave him, gave him a call and he joined his band. Jo he joined <laughs> falling in reverse, like right as they were forming instead of my uh, Ronnie Radke or whatever. Yeah. That yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, even even like I think he might have seen me use a wolf puppet somewhere, and then he ended up on a magazine with the same wolf puppet I'm using. It's like, damn, <laughs> my is a hater. Yes, he steals my wolf puppet <laughs> and my bass player. So you know, get get yourself a better man. No, <laughs> so the last couple of weeks we've been finding out who's on uh, Matt's shit list. You got Logan Paul and Ronnie Racky. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I have a past with these guys. <laughs> these, these guys have ended up in my past. Hey, man, we gotta get yeah, we gotta get. Please don't tell show, me man. if if Shane Dawson shows up on WWE, I'm gonna lose my shit. They have the same director. <laughs> Logan Paul and Shane oh, Dawson man. have the same. If Jeffrey Star shows up on. On W, I'm gonna just lose. I'm gonna pull my. Ronnie hair had off. to leave, escape the fake chick player. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. And he stole my bass player after he oh. did that. Look, so, all I know is that what Brian said. Did you know? Damn, Joshi don't play. Sasha yeah, they bad. don't play. They're the best. Right. Oh, you know what I mean. Give me what I want. Yes, not, Brian. Not yes. just Miyu Yamashita, also Mayu Iwatani. That's the other one they're talking about. The the ace of the ace of stardom, Mayu Iwatani. I, I got to see her in the U.S. I, I think Sasha would fit in perfectly there too. Oh my god! I think her traveling around the world, even with Trinity, I Trinity too. Have her get to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, pick you know pick the brains of the women's wrestlers around the world in Japan, especially. Oh my god! I 
Eddie, ooh, Jesus Christ. So many instant classic matches they could both have with the women's division and, you know, in stardom. Yoshi Tokyo Pro and DDT and Choco Pro. So much that they could do, and it's uh, I just can't wait. Let's see. Falling reverse coming to my area in two weeks. I can break Ronnie's legs for you. <laughs> and, you know, guess their bass player isn't the same guy who's playing with them now. So that's not the guy he stole from me. Ah, so he yeah. can't break his legs then. What's the point? Oh, no. we I, I was going to say, I was going to say, Maddie's like the Vern Gagne telling Iron Sheik to go break Hogan's leg. <laughs> <laughs> so show him a few things. Show him a few things, pal. That's Masa, right. Masa Funaki, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a... So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. But before we go, we got one more thing to say, ladies and gentlemen. Let me see. Apparently, Strang is going to start incorporating straight. Yes, absolutely. They are. They're going to start doing that very soon. Thank you very much, Zan. That's what, well, let me, I'll let Matt Callis explain in more details of that. So, Z read the story. Take it away, Matt Callis. So, New Japan is going to have events in the United States at New Japan Strong that's going to feature uh, wrestlers from stardom. So, it'll be great to have women's wrestling on those New Japan Strong shows. And there's a lot of... of uh, in, new, in, in stardom, they, they have a very specific way of doing things. You know how in AEW or WWE or in NXT, sometimes they debut a wrestler, they don't let them, they don't cut a promo, they don't do anything. Sometimes they just give it, give them to you cold. They have them be jobbers. But in stardom and Tokyo Joshi Pro, whenever a wrestler debuts, they give them, they do a little like in-ring press conference. Hi, my name is Aya Tanaki. I'm going to be, uh, I'm a new wrestler here. I just finished training. You're going to see me next week. Please cheer for me. Ganbaremas. You know, they do that over in Japan. So we could see girls have their debut in America first, you know, and then, you know, hi, I'm Chelsea Johnson. Um debuting blah 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 i'm doing this i think i like that style because you get to know them you get to get invested in them i'm all about this i do this and i want to do this and then that gets weaved into the storylines later on when maki ito debuted in tokyo joshi pro her hair was black hi i'm maki ito i'm from the k i'm from the j-pop group link uh you know this this and that i'm gonna give wrestling a try you know I'm going to I'm going to do my thing. So that's how they do it. They have a whole they have a whole process of that introduction phase. So we get to see yeah. that introduction phase in New Japan, you know. We might see it both introductions and, you know, uh and matches, exhibitions and things like that. So you you get the whole you get the whole shebang basically. If we see Mayu Iwatani, I'm buying a ticket. The Tanahashi of, of stardom, Mayu Iwatani. You know what? It is a great move, to be honest, because it, it does give now the exposure for the women in stardom in the States, and it gives them the opportunity a lot, because and for us, to the you know, the American crowd, to get really more deeply involved with stardom. Who mm -hmm. is stardom? What is stardom? And pretty so soon, we're going to have yeah, a win-win. I'm going to have, we're going to hey, you know what, dinner, we got to have Matt and Dan have a Tuesday show where they can break down who is women from stardom. And I think we'll right. be sitting back there saying, hmm, teach me something, Mr. Exactly. Uh, I think here's, here's, a, here's a precursor just for Mike De Niro, for your Italian heritage. 
there is a wrestler. Her name is Julia. She's half Italian, half Japanese. And she has a women's stable called Donna Del Mondo. And they're they're like it's like an Italian girl mafia theme that they got going on. And she wears oh, wow. like a she wears like a uh, like a godfather hat and she's got the cape and she's like Versace, you know, type thing. She shaved her head and they're like, We're the girl Donna Del Mondo. We're the they got Japanese girls in that group. It's kind of like Los it reminds me of Los Ingobernables a little bit. You know, it's a little bit it's they got that Italian flavor. Yeah. And they're like the girls' mafia, and they got a lot of badass girls in that group. Julia's a, a hard puncher, you know. So they're they're definitely a faction that we'll see plenty of in in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Donna Del Mondo, you know, Gotta and then of out, course, yeah. yeah. And then there's stars with Mayu Watani, and then Tom Nakano. She's like a Chinese magical. She's got like a Chinese magical girl theme and. She does like the craziest roundhouse kicks and kung fu kicks, and she could do Muay Thai. It's, they got they got all kinds of stuff. And I think she's a pop singer too. At the same time, mm. she does. Yeah, there's a lot of singing and dancing. That, they do a lot of singing and dancing too. Well, yeah, the head yeah. dance. Just, just watch Ron Dynamite. You can't count six, seven women who came from stardom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, indeed. All right, and now, ladies and gentlemen, you know, before we end the night. Yeah, the announcement. Yes, because we're doing it now here. And yes, we'll be taking a clip from here if you're watching this live. But then if you watch the replay or if you're listening to our social medias, make sure you follow these instructions because next we have a giveaways again. And that is for next Friday's event, PCW Ultra Way Out West event coming to you in Wilmington, California, July 15th. For all you SoCal natives, who actually will be attending? We got two free tickets giveaways. That is right. We have two free tickets giveaway. And of course, you want to see this incredible card coming up for you. Stack. We have this a stack card appearance by Booker T, of course, courtesy of, of course, LAS FanFX. Man, a shout out to uh, Elliot FanFX Victor. And of course, we do have Salvi Vega as well. Uh, shout out to Jimmy's World Order, who will be bringing us well for Salvi Vega. Cannot wait to see him. We do have War Beast defending the PCW World Tag Team titles versus the Gorillas, of course, Papo Esco and Slice Boogie. We have Lynch Dorado making his you know his debut versus Danny Limelight, the radioactive Poppy. And of course, you have uh, Sandra Moon versus Danica De La Rouge. That's gonna be a great match. You're also going to have Viva Band defending the PCW Ultra Women's Championship versus Rachel Ellering. That's going to be fantastic. And, of course, the PCW Ultra Lightweight Championship on the line, Jay Vidal versus Lucas Riley. And, unfortunately, we just got the news now that Madison was scheduled to fight Adams Coughlin. I was looking forward to seeing that match because he had a, a great technician as Madison versus Coughlin, but due to injuries, Coffin has called off, so I don't know who's going to take his place that day. I will look forward to see. And, of course, we do have... I like Alex Coughlin, too. Young Lion. Former Young Lion. And the main event for this one as well, the number one contendership for this, the winner of this will get a shot. And, of course, they'll be facing Hammerstone, which is Tio Leona versus Killer Cross. The winner of that will be facing Hammerstone. So, for the PCW heavyweight championships. I'm looking forward to seeing that. So let's go ahead and break down the rules, ladies and gentlemen. Here are the rules for you to compete to get two free 
tickets giveaway for this fantastic event. All you have to do is, if you're watching this on our social media platform, on our YouTube channel, anywhere you're watching this, hashtag below in the comments, PCW Ultra. Make sure you tag that. And also, do not forget, subscribe while you're at it too. Circle Debate, the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Subscribe to us. And we will be announcing the winner on July 14th on episode 110. We will have to spin the wheel for you guys. And you'll have two incredible free tickets to go to that live event. And the winner will be chosen on our live here on YouTube. Once we, you know, we pick out your name, the winners will DM you so we can go ahead and sit and add you to that waiting list for the following day. So make sure you're watching this all over our social media platforms. Make sure you follow the rules for these two free tickets giveaway. Hashtag PCW Ultra. Subscribe to Wrestling DeLorean and Circle Debate. And enter a chance to win two free tickets for this incredible event. And okay, let's see. We have two more here. Let's see. Then oh, okay, okay. I see you. I see you. This is Ronald. It's my birthday twin. He is ah, okay. Wow. Oh, did not know that. Did not know that. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in today for this fantastic episode of 109. It has been uh, an incredible t- man. Two hours of good shit. Damn it. Two hours of good shit. Yeah. And this is th- such good shit. It is good shit. That's why, because we, we make movies. We do make a lot of movies. We do. We do. Uh, what do you think, Tony Khan? Do we or not? That's fucking bullshit. What do you mean it's bullshit? No, it's not. We do fucking make it. Let's fucking this- go. There this reminds me of those. Remember those Weird Al interviews where he would like interview people, but not really interview them. He used clips of them talking. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of that shit. It's like, no, no, I don't want to seduce you. <laughs> yes. It's like, what do we should do later? We like he's talking to Eminem. It's like, what should we do later? We should get some decent looking guys. Like, whoa, Eminem, I don't want to. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you subscribe to us. Because we here, we are on top of the, the world, Craig. Shit, not just the city, the world. That's right, the world, ladies and gentlemen. That's it's us here on the Wrestling Dorian Circles of Made Podcast, of course. That's what we do here. And I gotta play Matt's favorite exit of all time because he loves it. And here we go. Autobots transform and roll out. Volkswagen Beetle. Not Volkswagen. <laughs> Herbie. Beep, beep, Herbie. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. So very brief. Once again, I want to go ahead and thank you guys for tuning in here on episode 109. We'll be back next week for episode 110. As we'll be giving our predictions for Ring of Honor uh, pay-per-view coming up as well. Death Before Dishonor, we'll be, we'll be giving our predictions for that epic show, of course, weekly for Dynamite. And pro wrestling news, any other news that comes up in the world of professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, yes, that is right. And let me go ahead and very brief as well to you now the audio platform listeners, a toda la Latinoamérica, muchas gracias por escucharnos aquí cerca de Bate, aquí en el capítulo 109, muchas gracias por el apoyo y el soporte, los queremos mucho, no se olvide de suscribir 
abajo del canal, abajo, suscribe y ahí está la campana para que gane las notificaciones y también para que también suscribe a mi hermano también, el The Wrestling Delorean Park, que también tiene capítulos lunes, miércoles y viernes en sus áreas plataformas también, que lo puede escuchar en Spotify, Apple Podcasts o en Twitch o en YouTube también. Y muchas gracias otra vez, señoras y señores, por escucharlos y los queremos mucho con todo mucho amor y gracias por soportar. And of course, to our European listeners, of course, Guten Tag. You get to steer. Danke. Thank you for, uh, you know, circle debate. Choose. There you go. Choose. And of course, Matt, Filipino man. You got you to gotta let the Philippines listeners know around the world, Craig. The world. Kumusta kayo, mabuhay. Maraming salamat po to all you guys who are uh, on the platform and watching this. Maramik maramik salamat po. Yeah. That's right. Video, let our audio platform know that it's here and all over the world in America. Let them know that we go. Word. We, we appreciate everybody, all our listeners, all the supporters, all the subscribers. Thank you so much for writing. I appreciate everybody who tunes in, comments below, and joins the show. Make sure you subscribe to Circle of Debate for sure. We, we do our best to, you know, give you guys great content. So make sure you subscribe. We love you guys. Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, make sure you subscribe there too. You know, if you're riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, you're also riding with the Circle Debate. So I appreciate everybody. Thank you so for all the support. Honestly, it's very humbling that we got fans like you guys. So love you all. Absolutely. That is right. And now to end it here, ladies and gentlemen, not only just here on the COD, Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, Cage My IQ, the whole League of Extraordinary Podcasts. Mm-hmm. We don't just all do podcasting. But, Callis, tell them what the hell do we do? Yeah, we don't just do podcasting. We make Volkswagen Beetles. <laughs> no, oh. <laughs> we make history. Over. Will over and over. Make over and over. History! Over and over.